Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for December 18, 2016. First item in our opening this week is a reminder to everyone that Tuesday, December 20, is the deadline for accessibility for user interfaces allowing people who are blind or who have low vision to be able to program and operate devices used to view video programming on television. The FCC's reminder regarding the deadline is at https colon slash slash www.fcc.gov slash govern slash document slash reminder dash december dash twenty dash two zero one six dash user dash interfaces dash deadline. ACB's audio description project encourages consumers to let us know if your cable or satellite providers are in compliance. Send an email to Joel Snyder at jsnyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org, or email Eric Bridges, ACB Executive Director, at ebridges, B-R-I-D-G-E-S, at acb.org. The following article appeared in the Washington Post this week and was posted on ACB Leadership. Blind man sets out alone in Google's driverless car. A blind man has successfully traveled around Austin, unaccompanied, in a car without a steering wheel or floor pedals, Google announced Tuesday. After years of testing by Google engineers and employees, the company's new level of confidence in using its fully autonomous technology was described as a milestone. Quote, We've had almost driverless technology for a decade, said Google engineer Nathaniel Fairfield. It's the hard parts of driving that really take the time and the effort to do it right. Steve Mahan, who is legally blind, was the first non-Google employee to ride alone in the company's gumdrop-shaped autonomous car. Quote, it is like driving with a very good driver, Mahan said. If you close your eyes when you're riding with somebody, you get a sense of whether this is a good driver or whether they're not. These self-driving cars drive like a very good driver. End of quote. Google says it has driven more than two million miles on public roads to test its vehicles. Quote, In early 2015, we began to see some signs that we were getting close, Fairfield said. The cars were going for longer and longer times without the humans having to intervene. Fairfield said the company spent six months scrutinizing the vehicle's performance before Mahan was allowed to set out alone. Quote, that is a whole different beast to get that driver out of the car, to take off the training wheels, Fairfield said. Mahan said, I had the greatest time driving around a neighborhood in Austin, Texas. It was so much fun being aware that the vehicle was navigating intersections and I was in good hands, perfectly safe. The car Mahan rode in had a backup computer and multiple systems to control it. 
if you remove the driver from the loop. You really have to have your backups, said Dmitry Dolgov, who heads technological development for Google's self-driving effort. Mahan said, This is a hope of independence. These cars will change the life prospects of people such as myself. I want very much to become a member of the driving public again. Google also announced Tuesday that it is spinning off its self-driving car project into a company called Waymo, an independent division under Google's parent company, Alphabet. John Krafchick, chief executive of Waymo, said the Austin solo ride is an indication that we're close to bringing this to a lot of people. Costa Samaras, an automation expert at Carnegie Mellon University, said the move by Waymo puts a marker down that says to Uber, Lyft, and auto companies that the race to capture market share in driverless mobility has begun in earnest. Samaras said that without a human in the loop, there's also now a lot less room for computer error in case something goes wrong. I'm guessing Waymo has run these numbers and is betting on the computer. Google was among the first technology companies to plunge into an area traditionally dominated by automakers in Detroit and elsewhere in the world. After initial testing by its employees, the company embraced a decision to put fully autonomous cars on the road, probably without steering wheels or floor pedals from the outset. In that decision, Google became an outlier as the existing industry, mindful of its need to sell cars each year, took an approach intended to introduce self-driving features incrementally. The Google announcement came on a day when the Obama administration proposed a rule that would require all new cars to be able to communicate with other cars wirelessly, a move that advocates said could save lives, but that also raises privacy and hacking concerns among opponents. The wireless box could, for instance, tell a car to brake when another vehicle is about to run a red light. Federal officials said the required technology will not collect, broadcast, or share information linked or linkable as a practical matter to individuals or their vehicles. Vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication is considered an essential building block toward autonomous vehicles by some, but not all, of the companies working to develop them. If they're connected to each other, then we likely will not need signs, markings, or even traffic signals, said Jim Barbareso, Vice President for Intelligent Transportation Systems at HNTB Infrastructure Solutions. Cars could go through intersections without hitting each other, without the need of a traffic signal. Fairfield said direct vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication is an asset but less than essential to putting autonomous cars on the road. There is vehicle technology where the car is telling you it's going to hit the brakes or how much it's braking. Fairfield said that's somewhat useful but we can determine that with radars and lasers and cameras, so it's not that useful. The Competitive Enterprise Institute, a Washington-based conservative think tank, 
called the administration's rulemaking bid a midnight move. Mark Scribner, a research fellow, said the incoming Trump administration should immediately withdraw the dangerous proposal. ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges joins us on page two to take a look back at some of ACB's accomplishments in 2016. Eric also looks ahead to 2017 and how possibly ACB will be able to interface with the incoming Trump administration and the new members of Congress. At the December 9 Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout, Patty Cox shared some information and tips about essential oils. She highlighted uses for peppermint oil, eucalyptus oil, and tea tree oil. Listen in on page 3. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I'm speaking with Eric Bridges, the Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind. He's based in our Alexandria, Virginia office, and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the issues that have faced ACB and will be facing ACB in the future. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Carla. It's good to be back. Eric, we're at the end of the year. We're um, going through some changes within the next month or so um, in all kinds of ways and you know it's the end of one administration and the beginning of another administration coming up in January and so um, just just share with us some of your thoughts on on where we're coming from and maybe where you think we may be going in the in the coming year sure well you know I would I would say that uh, this year has been uh, really interesting. Obviously, from a political standpoint, it's been unlike anything I've seen, or <laughs> maybe most people have ever seen. I know. <laughs> uh, it's it's been, uh, I think, quite a shock to to um, the system, the political system, and uh, I think that there are, uh, you know, there's. This is the time to sort of uh, really take stock of of where we are and, and where we want to go. And so, uh, you know, the beginning of this year really started from a from a policy standpoint with the hiring of a great director of advocacy and governmental affairs, um, a, a guy that has many years of experience, who's been on with you, Carla, uh, at least a couple different times, Tony Stevens. Mm -hmm. And uh, having him come in uh, and fill the role and hit the ground running because of all of his background and experience in Washington has been a real asset to ACB. And uh, there's, you know, there's been a lot of uh, issues that we've, that we've dealt with this year, ranging from uh, the you know the partnership that we've worked very hard on with Microsoft this year uh, to ensure that their applications and and products that are being released are accessible. Um, that has gone very well, and Microsoft has really turned a corner from an accessibility standpoint. Uh, not just with their products, but really what that signals is um, their commitment as an organization to uh, hiring folks to work on this issue, but also uh, holding uh, 
uh, various divisions in, inside uh, Microsoft accountable for making their products and applications accessible. So it's, it's been a very good year for that. Um, you know, Microsoft products are used in employment, education, and just, you know, tool it around on the Internet. So right. Right. It's, it's a part of our life. Um, at least one application of theirs is a part of our life every day. Uh, <laughs> it'd be pretty hard for it not to be. So, well, and, and not only whether we, at, whether we ourselves are uh, Microsoft users, let's say maybe, maybe a person has a Mac or whatever, but they in turn are interfacing with others um, that, are, that are using Microsoft products. And uh, exactly. every time we're out on the Internet, whether we have a Mac or, or something else, uh, the fact that we also uh, have, uh, that, that others are building, are building uh, websites, creating work environments, whatever, with those products, I mean, that affects all of us. Yeah, and, and uh, this year, uh, since you brought up the Mac, also brought the accessible Office for Mac, which is a really big deal. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I, I know that there are a ton of individuals who are blind out there that love their Macs, uh, but the the applications uh, on the Mac for productivity purposes um, simply aren't used in the business arena, mm -hmm. whereas Word and Excel and PowerPoint are, and mm -hmm. they're pretty much ubiquitous. Yes. And so having having Office for Mac become accessible was a really, really big deal. So you, you take that and you continue on down the entertainment path um, and the you know agreement that we reached with Netflix in April of this year. Oh, that yes. It really spoke to, uh, you know, audio description of their uh, – their own uh, programming, uh, be it Orange is the New Black or other, other you know, first-run uh, programming that they are exclusively producing, but then also increasing the uh, audio description of the, the library that they've got of movies mm -hmm. and uh, it was a big deal. You know, there was a thing, in, I believe, in Variety about this, um, about our, uh, there was an article in there about, about this agreement, which is really uh, fascinating. Yes. That, um, you know, they would sort of shine the light on, on uh, this particular topic in that publication. I think it was great for visibility for us and for audio description. There's a tremendous amount done uh over over the year um, dealing with uh, ACB and the visibility that we have uh, as an organization to the rest of not just the blindness community but the, the uh, broader uh, sighted community mm -hmm. and uh, the video that we put together last year the parenting uh, video uh well there's that that, yes. that you can talk about but mm -hmm. these um the blindability video oh yes that mm -hmm. uh we premiered last year at at our convention 
in 2015, we uh, had the opportunity to uh, have that video uh, be featured on PBS stations around the country. And uh, it it, it ran and it ran and it ran, and and we've been told that it's going to continue to run on any number of stations for a very long time. Uh, It it's had, I think, like something like eight million views, which is really good. Oh my goodness! Um, it's a, so if you recall, the the video highlighted four members of ACB and their their jobs, their careers, uh-huh. and also sort of uh, that you know talked about uh, their lives. And so it was a thirteen minute video that for this PBS segment, we had to edit down to four minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it went gangbusters once, it, uh, once PBS put it up on their satellite. All of the, I believe it has appeared on every single PBS affiliate uh, more than once. And this is not something that PBS can necessarily dictate. They make it available mm-hmm. so that the local affiliates then have content uh, as sort of, you know, there's not really commercials on PBS. So this segment called the Spotlight On segment uh, airs between primetime programming or things like that. It's, uh, so away. the so the local PBS affiliate is choosing to carry that rather than having it sent from um, from the. PBS, whatever you know, headquarters or that's whatever, correct. and and so that to me, that's that's a tremendous thing because that says people are many people in many different places are seeing the value of that video and choosing to carry it. Yeah, you know, it it's it's a different sort of a video for that particular segment, the spotlight on segment, because oftentimes it's like a company that's highlighting some research and development that they're doing to, you know, develop some sort of a, a you know, a cure for some disease or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is just showing people out and, you know, living their lives working, and the one common thread is that they're all blind. And, uh, you know, while we talk about you know, specific needs that blind people have, which is why ACB exists, is to advocate uh, for needs that that blind people have. Um, Every once in a while, I think it's a really, really good thing to to take a step back and understand that the sighted community still, to a large degree, does not understand us. Uh, oh, that's very they, true. And they yes. and they fear blindness. Yes. And so having a video like that that shows, you know, uh, professionals out and about living their lives uh, is is hugely helpful uh, in the dialogue that we're wanting to have with, frankly, the rest of the world. Right. I mean. Right. Uh, you know, we could put together a video like that and share it with a- within ACB, but that's like preaching to the choir. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, and then, 
the coverage of our convention. We put together a convention highlights video that did really well on Facebook and Twitter. Our social media presence has really um, intensified over the last 12 months, and I'm really proud of that. A lot of that is to do with the work of of Kelly Gask, who works in our uh, national office here in Alexandria. She's she's done a tremendous job in identifying uh, really substantive content to put up on our Facebook and and, and page and Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously there's content that we create that you know we're quite proud of, but there's also a lot of other. Um, you know, publications, uh, other videos out there that that we share as well within right. the community. She's very good at at uh, finding appropriate pieces and and posting that information as well, which makes our Facebook page um, and our Twitter page a source of information. In from a variety of standpoints, not just what ACB writes. That's correct. Obviously, uh, my heart is with what we produce, <laughs> first right. and foremost. But, <laughs> but every know, once in a while, there's something that's produced outside well, of ACB that we might want, <laughs> exactly. we might want social, to share. It, it's social media, right? right. So you want, you want to find interesting hot topics or, you know, strange but relevant, you know, information to share uh, because that's what people are constantly looking for and it's a way for us to heighten our visibility and also to become a um, sort of a go-to right. for right. folks in the community that are wanting to learn more about any number of things. Like um, just this past week, the article um, that was that appeared about the uh, legally blind person who had driven the um, self-driving car in Austin, Texas. That was a great article, I thought. Exactly. And, and it's a very, very appropriate piece to share on those pages because it is of high interest, not only to blind people, but driverless cars have implications for everybody in society. It's it's not just a blind thing. And and blind people are not why they're being developed. You know, and it just that's just we're just one little part of that. Exactly. No, but you know, we've done stuff like that and um we also did put together a parenting video. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yes. <laughs> You would say that, of course, but it is good. It's really good. Uh, for those who don't know, the parenting video was Eric and his wife, Rebecca, and his cute little boy, Tyler. And it it shows them being just parents and Tyler being just a, a, a normal little two-year-old kid playing with blocks and having fun. And and um, it, it's, a, it's a great little video. If you haven't seen it, um, you know, it's on our Facebook page, um, the link to it. And it's, is it also on the YouTube channel, Eric? I'm sure it yes, is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, go and, and watch it. And, the, and in the videos that we produce, um, we produce them as uh, we have two versions. One is an audio described version and the other is a version without the audio description. So um, you can choose to view either or both. And uh, they they really that that was a that was a fun video. Yeah, I was really proud of it. Um, we Rebecca and I get asked when we're out and about with Tyler in the public, you know, geez, how do you guys do it? How, right. How do you do this? You can't see, and 
you know, we're not being asked questions that haven't been asked of blind parents. Right. You know. Right. Thousands and thousands of times. That's right. Um, but no matter how many times we answer those questions, as blind parents, we're still going to get asked those questions again. Yeah. And and so that video is, while it it answers questions, it there's no one solution to answering everybody's questions, and so um, it it's it's an excellent piece to to use to tell people um, that yes you know blind people can raise kids and and do and uh, and do a good job yeah we uh, we haven't broken them yet so it's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is just too cute so, <laughs> so um, well ACB has done all kinds of things um, this past year and and looking ahead uh, do we you know, we're, we've got a legislative seminar coming up soon, and that will be at the end of February. And we're going to be talking about issues again. I'm sure we will have no um, lack of issues to discuss at the both at the legislative seminar and as we visit Capitol Hill. And and I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, um, you know, are we going to talk about things that we were going to talk about anyway, or are we going to just go back and talk about the basics as we see change in, in Congress and the administration? And I, I don't know, Eric. I, somehow, I mean, I, I, I went to my first legislative seminar in 1983, and you were just a little kid then. <laughs> But we were talking about then some of the same kinds of issues, not exactly in the form they are now, but we were talking about some of the same issues then and all through these years that we're that we've been talking about in the last few years. And and to me there's some things that never change and that is that whoever is sitting in that seat in Congress needs to be educated about what we need. Well, that is true. So you, you have not only a new administration coming in, but you've got, uh, you know, you've got the House and the Senate. And within the House and the Senate, you also have staff. And it's a lot of new staff that mm -hmm. are coming in. Mm -hmm. So the education process never stops. It never stops. And it never, never will. No. It will it never just, stop. It just continues to grind away <laughs> year yes. after year, Congress after Congress. And so, you know, our, you know, we're going to continue to, to and, and we're having discussions about this right now mm -hmm. uh, with regard to specific items for the legislative seminar. So that'll, that'll be coming up, you know, uh, folks will be hearing of that probably in the first week or two in January. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, we need to continue to uh, pushing forward with some of the issues that, that we've been advocating for. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't share the opinion that the world is somehow coming to an end. <laughs> that we're falling off a cliff into a great yeah, abyss that has no bottom? I don't. I don't believe that. What I, I believe yeah. is that there is transition that's mm -hmm. coming. And with transition, mm -hmm. that means change. People fear change. And uh, there, there's going to be a need for uh, all of us to uh, 
speak with one voice. And so, you know, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, Carla. I can't predict what's going to happen uh, in a year from now. But w- what I do know is that some of the same issues that we've been dealing with, like uh, low vision device coverage under Medicare, mm-hmm. it's still going to be there. It's, it's still going to be there, and right. it's an issue that Republicans care about. Right. And I think some of the uh, some of the challenge that we have is, and and I think we can uh, actually, I know that we can get there, is how are we messaging some of these issues, given who who's in power, right? The party that's in power, mm-hmm. and so how are we able to influence the party in power to get our initiatives uh, heard and then ultimately moved forward in right. some fashion. So, right. uh, you know, that is that is where, uh, you know, my mind is right now. I, you know, we went through a transition in uh, 2008-2009, which was um, actually a very big transition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were the director of advocacy and governmental affairs for ACB during that transition. That is correct. Yes. And and we survived it. And <laughs> we, we somehow managed, right? <laughs> we managed. Yeah, sure. And I understand. I do understand people's apprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you know, at a certain point, uh, there needs to just be a calming that takes place. <laughs> um, and, and I realize that's easier said than done. But uh, I've lived out here for going on 16 years. I've, been, I've spent the majority of my career working with, with Congress. And, you know, both parties do care about people with disabilities, but it, it's more about how we are messaging and how we are doing outreach to uh, the party in power and whether or not we're able to to have an impact with our issues. Mm-hmm. Well, one person said <clears throat> said uh, yesterday on a list that, you know, with, with this new, with a new administration and a new um, look, I mean, we do have we we do have some change that is sort of uncharted territory in that with a president coming in who basically has not been in the political game um, for, you know, his, his background's basically business. Um, that's going to be, that is going to be some change because, um, you know, there's, uh, what happens in the Beltway is unlike what happens anywhere else, I think. And, um it's it's just you know the way things are done is very different, um, and so here there's going to be some 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 difference in 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 how I guess maybe how you get from point A to part, point B or at least they may think so, but one person commented that some of the new some of the outlook if it if you're if you're thinking in terms of okay how are we going to make this be run more like a business um there may be a number of opportunities out there that we haven't 
especially thought of or dared to think of in regard especially to, let's say, employment of people with disabilities. You know, Eric, this is... This is a strictly a local, um, a local issue, but uh, I want to share it here because I think it, it really speaks to where we actually are. Um, a couple of days ago, and I think you might find this interesting, a couple of days ago, uh, there was an announcement here in Louisville, Kentucky, by the mayor that they're going to tear down a very, very rundown, terrible housing um, uh housing project area and they're going to um, make completely build a new uh, a new area from the ground up create a whole new neighborhood this is not one building this is like about a nine block area so it's huge I mean in regards to what they're going to be doing relocating some 750 families um, creating 650 some new housing units and stores and shops and all that and you've heard that in many areas before but what I think was important was significant is they said of the contracts that are going to be um, let to do this multi-million project which they say is going to take seven years to complete I can't imagine we, you can build a we built a basketball stadium in far less time and spent far more money doing it but anyway they're going to spend they're going to contract they said with 25% 25% of the contracts will be to minority owned businesses 10% will be to women owned businesses but you know what percentage he said would be for disabilities try one half of 1% that to me is unacceptable and and that is where we currently are and 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 perhaps Perhaps I'm just expecting more than should be there, but you know, if 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 after all this time talking about how dis people with disabilities should be included here and included there, and all we get is a paltry one half of one percent, that's a pittance, Eric. I agree. And, and it's nothing to be proud of, to tell the truth. No. <laughs> So, to me, we have, uh, if, if we're going to be moving into a business type of climate, we might have, there certainly is a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, unquestionably there is. Um, the, you know, the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act did some, um, you know, brought forth some uh, elimination of a provision like the homemaker provision mm -hmm. that I think is going to have a, a negative impact on yes. you know newly blind uh, yeah uh, oh there's folks. things in that act that are that are a mess I mean, and you know it it doesn't really speak to uh, folks who are who are older and, right and becoming visually impaired. It, it also designates a huge percentage, an inordinate percentage, I should say that, I think it's 15% of, of the money coming into a rehab facility, into a rehab agency to be spent on um, students in high school from 14 to 21 years old and it, to the 
to the detriment of people who are over 21, be they, you know, 22, be they 18-year-olds in college or whatever, uh, and, and also to the um, to people of all ages who are tr- blind people who are trying to get trying to get jobs. I know it's it's working a horrible hardship on our agency here in Kentucky. So that 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 act is, has not been a friend um, to us in a lot of ways. That's that's correct. You know, it'll be interesting to see what you know the new administration uh, elects to focus on from a disability standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of just getting their ducks in a row with regard to uh, you know who's going to be leading kind of the disability uh, policy kind of a transition. Right. Um, for the various federal agencies that, you know, labor, education, mm-hmm. uh, HHS, you know, the agencies that that deal a lot with uh, disability issues. So mm-hmm. we, um, we're, you know, actively uh, engaging with, uh, uh, you know, folks uh, that are connected with the transition team and, um, you know, it's our expectation that we will have, uh, you know, we will be able to build a relationship mm-hmm. with those individuals. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be good. And, and right now it's just too early to, to really say, um, but it's going to be an interesting, it will be interesting. There will be things that will be positive and there will be things that will be negative, and that is as it always is. And uh, so it's. I think it's going to be an interesting, it will be an interesting ride and there will be no lack of things for us to to do in the advocacy area, um, and as and and that is always the case as well. That's that's been the case for years and years and years. Yeah, and it unfortunately will be for years and years and years. <laughs> I don't think there will ever come a day when we can say, okay, um, you know, this is perfect. This is just the way it should be because when you think you have something. Uh, in place, then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you look around and you say, oops, uh, somebody messed this up. And I think a good example of that is the Social Security, um, when the Social Security payments for people who were blind and visually impaired were at one time linked to the uh, payments and the, and the also determination of the SGA was linked to that of people in the uh, 65 to 69 age bracket. And what was it, 1997, that that link was broken? Everybody just kind of thought, oh, we don't even have to worry about that because there won't be any problem. And all of a sudden it wasn't there. It was changed, and it has never, um, you know, it, it's it's never um, gone back to how that was. That 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 link is certainly gone, and um, who knows whether it'll happen again or not. Uh, right. But uh, it that's uh, to me that that is one of the best examples to me of how you can think you have something, and all of a sudden you have to go back and redo it to to try to. Um, either prevent a change. If the change happens, then you need to begin advocating to, um, you know, to kind of either put yourself in recovery mode or, or look down a, a slightly different path. And it's it's how this advocacy game works year after year and week after week and month after month and then, then sometimes decade after decade. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, decade after decade. Yes. <laughs> at times, yeah. it, it, it moves slowly like ketchup, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Um, criminal change is what we're after. Yes. Because he yes. came. I think you spoiled us a little bit back in 2010 when several things happened all at one time and it was like, what's he going to pull out of his hat next, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a good couple of years between 2010 and 2012 yeah. of uh, getting getting some things done. Uh, you know, but there's, uh, there are other aspects or other sectors of the disability community that really haven't gotten much done at all mm -hmm. and while we are very small and we are um you know we don't have the funding that let's mm -hmm. say you know the autism groups do oh, or yeah. the developmental disability groups do mm -hmm. um we're able to get our messaging right we're able to develop relationships and we're able to uh we're able to get things done on behalf of of our members and and uh, you know the broader community, so it, a lot of this stuff just takes time. And I know it. I know it frustrates people. Um, it frustrates me <laughs> um, as somebody that did that work yeah. for many years. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, you, you have to play the long game and look at: Are we better off now than we were then? Um, where do we want to be, you know, in three or four years? Part of the challenge is over the last four years, very little, if anything, has has gotten done for anybody in mm -hmm. Congress, mm -hmm. and so it's it's been a true challenge. So yes. it'll be fascinating to see how we, um, well, how the the new Congress. Um, uh, sort of selects its priorities uh, for the first hundred days of the Trump presidency. I, I'm feeling it's going to be health care and, and taxes. Um, right. Right. Well, right they can't the do path. everything. In the, no. Yeah. But but the health care thing could provide us with some um, some opportunity. Yes. And uh, the low vision device bill may be a, 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 a place where we could go because it's you know what what we're seeking to do there is to uh keep people living in their in their homes independently right. and out of right. and that know. could certainly tie to that tie into that yeah. very well so well Eric we are out of time i appreciate you taking time to talk with us today and looking forward to to uh seeing what the next few months bring Thanks, Carla, and uh, happy holidays to you and uh, to all the listeners. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free. 800-223-1839 or visit www.aph.org.
page three. Patty is all into this stuff. And so, you know, she comes to my house and she oh, guess what you can do with so-and-so? And guess what this will do? And all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, I, I didn't know that some of this stuff existed. What are they called? Essential oils? Yeah. It, well, I, I didn't know they were essential before, but I've discovered they are. So everybody's into this, and I couldn't figure out why. Remember, they're existential. <laughs> existential. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, she has a bunch of tips that she's going to share with us tonight. And if you all have some, please chime in. That's just fine. About two years ago, Dave and I got into doing some essential oils. One that we really like, and um, I have found from a friend of mine, and essential oils, you can, um, it can help you, it can heal you, um, you can clean with them, there's so many things you, you can do. Um, I have three of them with me tonight, and the first one is peppermint oil. Peppermint oil is very good for cleaning. Um, it's good for headaches. If you have a migraine, and this does work, if you have a migraine, you can put a drop on your finger and put it on your temples, and that will help your migraines. If that doesn't help, and it's a severe one, which I do have a lot of times, you can take one drop and put it on your finger and put it in the roof of your mouth, right in the very top of your mouth. Lay down for a little bit, and I promise that, that it will go away. So you're not taking things like ibuprofen and prescription medication for a migraine because there's something here that's actually in all of that stuff. So um, I also have eucalyptus oil and tea tree oil. Now, you know, you buy all these cleaners. And so you go to the store and you buy 409 or Ajax or... Um, Pine saw, you don't need any of that. A $12 bottle of essential oil and a $3 gallon of vinegar can clean every, anything in your house. I will give you an example. My son and Ellie, Justin and Ellie, decided that they were gonna leave their shaving cream cans in my bathtub. What happens to metal when it gets wet? There's rust. I tried everything. I even tried CLR and I said, well, I'm just going to see if this works because um, I, I've got to get this out of my bathtub. Every time I went to take a shower, it would bug the dickens out of me. So I used vinegar, water, and eucalyptus oil. And you don't have to use a whole lot of eucalyptus oil. You can get a four-ounce bottle of this and it will last you forever. You only put about 20 drops in a bigger bottle. And I've got a bottle, if anybody wants to see it, that I use. It's a spray bottle. And I sprayed it on there and I left it. I sprayed it pretty good there and I sprayed it all around my shower, my bathtub. Methane came out sparkling clean in 10 minutes. I left it there and then I went and washed it off with a sponge and water. That's it. So I can, I can clean my house for who knows how long, with a gallon of vinegar, a little bit of water, and a $12 bottle of eucalyptus oil, I have my cleaning stuff for years. 
and he sprayed it right there and it, it was gone in 10 minutes. I didn't even have to scrub. I didn't have to use any elbow grease at all whatsoever. I charged to clean, okay? Um, <laughs> damn. The problem that I had with essential oils is I bought the, I bought the major uh, kit, oh, I don't know, it was years ago, okay? And there were seven, and there was lavender and eucalyptus and peppermint, and I don't know, the other four. And I gave them away because I really had trouble measuring it. And I, somebody from one of the big companies was going to talk about, try to figure out an easier way to count the drops and for a totally blind person to measure them. Because I would always get, I would always get too much. It did seem like no matter, I mean, I could put my finger up there and like get one drop at a time, maybe, but then it, it was, I don't know, it was just funny. And so I wondered if you had any good ideas for that. One drop of full will do it. David doesn't measure them. Um, he, he will make, he, I have another bottle here that just has peppermint, oil and water in it. It's got, it comes with an eyedropper. You know, you just, just put it down in there and you put, he puts one full dropper in this bottle, which I have the label on it so I can tell you how big it is. It's a 12 ounce bottle. He puts one full dropper in this bottle, fills it with cold water, and this is great for spiders in your house. Well, you know what? The best thing to do is spray peppermint oil up there and you won't ever have to clean them off. About once a week, walk around spraying peppermint oil. Just kind of shoot it up there. David doesn't look at what he's doing. He just points it in the direction. We haven't had spiders in probably a year. I sprayed eucalyptus oil, vinegar, vinegar water mixture in my toilet bowl buddy that thing shines all you got to do is take your toilet bowl brush spray spray there and take your toilet bowl brush and go around it a little bit it's up in the corners there just flush it and let it go mine sparkles so um if you got a stomach ache you can take a little bit of the eucalyptus or peppermint rub it on your skin there are recipes which I'm, I'm going to be trying, that you can make your own shampoo, you can make your own soaps, and it moisturizes your skin too, so it's not gonna dry you out. And you're gonna smell fresh and clean. So I you use peppermint, Adam? Now peppermint, you can put peppermint in with it. Um, there is an orange, a lemon, and different flavored oils that they take out of the peel of the um, fruit. And you can put orange in with it and peppermint and it will smell really good around your house. Um, I actually took orange peels and boiled them. I mean, if I'm going to eat oranges, I might as well use something, do something with the peel, right? I boiled them in a little bit of water. I added that to my... Um, peppermint oil and it just smells really good in your house. So you don't really have to buy all that fragrance stuff, even though some of us are melty freaks. You know, kids going to school, maybe friends' kids or somebody comes to your house and you find out that they have those little bugs in their head. Tea tree oil and eucalyptus oil. Mix a little bit of it together and rub it into their hair. Those little bugs are gone, they hate them. 
if you have a house and you like to go outside and sit on your deck or your porch or something and you really hate it because of all those mosquitoes that are out there, I'll tell you something else you can do. You can buy flakes of catnip. Now that's not the, it's not inexpensive, the catnip, but you can get the big bottle and it's a big jar of it. That's about, oh, I think I paid about $11, $12 for it. I didn't use, but about one-tenth of the, of the thing. You take that, you make a tea with it. You just boil it, you strain it, you put that catnip in with eucalyptus oil and spray that around your yard or your deck. It keeps the mosquitoes away. They hate catnip and they hate eucalyptus. Well, my three went crazy. <laughs> we don't. We learned that we do not spray this in the house if you have a cat. It will. That's that's like drugs for a cat. Yes, it sets them off. So um, that was one lesson we learned the hard way. I was making a list, but I didn't get it done. Been a little busy the past couple of weeks. But I was making my own list, and as soon as I finished this list of how you make different different ones, like one dropper of eucalyptus oil and one dropper of, say, tea tree oil and water, um, what size bottle? These bottles are inexpensive. You can get them for a dollar or two at the Family Dollar, the Dollar Tree, Walmart, anywhere like that. So um, I can get a list, and those who need Braille, maybe Mom can print that out in Braille, and I can bring it for large print for anybody who needs it. Page 4, the Sound Prince Calendar. On January 2, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings for the month of January. For one month, this has moved from Sunday, January 1, to Monday, January 2, because of the holiday. Advocacy will meet at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8 p.m., and Activities at 9 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. On January 4, the Kentucky Council of the Blind PR Membership Committee will hold its meeting at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. January 5, the American Council of Blind Lions invites you to our first meeting of the new year. It will be at 9 p.m. on the conference line at 712-432-3900. Enter code 796096. On January 6, the first GLCB roundabout will be held from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, Discussion from 5 to 6, Dinner, $5 per person, 6 to 7, and Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On January 7, you're invited to a birthday party for Mary Ingalls from 1 to 3 p.m. Learn about Mary's richly rewarding life and the challenges she faced as a blind woman a hundred years ago. Sing along with some of Pa's fiddle tunes, weave a beaded bracelet, the same as those Mary made for her sister, and have some birthday cake made from Ma's recipe. Dressing as characters in the Little House books is encouraged. At the American Printing House for the Blind Museum on Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. This activity is free, but space is limited, so call to sign up at 502-899-2213. On January 8, ACB families will hold a 
workshop by telephone conference call on budgeting and budget tips. Call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. On January 10, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its next meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. January 13 is the next GLCB roundabout at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. On January 14, the Greater Louisville Council will hold a board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On January 15, the KSB Alumni Association will hold a board meeting at 8 p.m. And on January 16, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its board of directors meeting at 7.30 p.m., by conference call at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. January 20 will be the next GLCB roundabout. And January 23 will be the first meeting of the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana meeting for the new year. This is a membership meeting and will be at 7 p.m. by conference call. The number is 605-475-6006, code 294444. On January 25, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its next peer support group meeting from 12 noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. And January 27 is the last roundabout of the month. For more information on roundabouts, call 502-895-4598. Looking ahead, the American Council of the Blind, Board of Directors Meeting, Affiliate Presidents Meeting, and Legislative Seminar will be held in Alexandria, Virginia, February 24 through February 28. Details are now available on the ACB website at www.acb.org. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.